0: This is Mercy Harper, Writer for Research Services at APQC. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to APQC Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. With so many changes in technologies, business priorities, and circumstances, I thought now was a good time to consider what tomorrow's knowledge management professionals need. So I invited Lauren Trees, APQC's Principal Research Lead for Knowledge Management, and Dr. Kendra Albright. Goodyear Endowed Professor in Knowledge Management at the School of Information at Kent State University, for a chat about the skills aspiring KM professionals need and what they hope to see for the future of knowledge management. This podcast is part two of a two-part podcast with Kendra and Lauren, and I encourage you to also check out part one on KM careers and degree programs. Now, without further ado, here's the chat. So Kendra and Lauren, um, I'd like to hear your perspective on what skills, knowledge, and experiences aspiring KM professionals should seek out. Lauren, maybe we could start off with you and then Kendra can jump in.
1: Sure, I'll start briefly and then I'm sure Kendra can can weave into this. I, I tend to think about KM competencies in four big bucket categories. The first is Program and project management. I think if you don't know how to lead a good project, if you don't know strategic problem solving, um, you're really going to struggle. And more recently, that includes things like design thinking. It includes things like agile, having all of those methodologies at your fingertips to figure out how to fix things and, and how to roll them out. Really important. (laughs) The next one is consulting and customer centricity. Uh, KM is really at its best and in our most successful organizations, an internal consultant. So you need to come in, you need to be able to scope out that problem and work with your internal customers on that solution and really hold their hand and partner with them throughout that process. The third category we've talked about a lot is that communication and influence, and it's understanding Adcar change management approaches but also just the persistence being persuasive and also the ability to build networks and partnerships in the organization and to not look at networking and partnerships as transactional i think there has to be a genuine desire to build relationships to help others there's a lot of reciprocity involved in successful km And then the final category is around technology, data fluency, information management, knowledge and skills. And you don't need to be a data scientist or an IT expert. Technology is all going to change anyway, so I tend to discourage people from going too deep down that rabbit hole, but really understanding enough to evaluate vendors, figure out when they're full of it. Um, you know, evaluate different solutions, grasp what's possible, um, which may be different tomorrow than it is today. I think one of the biggest problems we see is, is that ossified thinking. The technology is changing so much that really being open to new information, being open to continuous learning, being open to the idea that something you thought was a pipe dream two years ago might actually be possible and something you can afford and implement in the organization, that's really the most critical piece.
2: There are definitely some similarities between your competencies you just described and the ones that we've identified as well. So we started out as a team on our advisory board, identifying our, let's see if I can remember them all. It would be uh, purpose, process, people, and personal skills, competencies for each of those areas. I might be missing one. And we put them all together. We threw it kind of just threw caution to the wind and just listed everything we could think of. So we had this big spreadsheet with all these different competencies and just single words or a phrase that might describe what they were. And when we boiled this down, I think you'll see some of the commonality there. We started out with strategic leadership where students will be able to develop a strategic KM program that supports an organization's strategic plan and mission. And of course there are pages of documentation to support that. (laughs) but that's one of the the competencies. Business processes, students will be able to determine where KM practices can improve business processes and develop and implement appropriate KM tools and tactics in the organization. Technical skills, students will be able to identify and develop KM tactics and tools to enhance the KM program and improve findability and user experience. Critical thinking, students will be able to critically assess and articulate coverage, meaning and limitations of issues. Looks beyond the obvious to synthesize multiple sources of information and apply logic and creativity to big picture cross-disciplinary complex problems. And our last competency is operational assessment, Students will be able to evaluate KM program activities for assessment of operational effectiveness and alignment with business strategy and goals. And the the personal competencies, we didn't fit into this list. We kind of looked at it and thought, what are we gonna do with all of those things? Now, some of them are implicit in, in those other competencies. And we, I listed some of those for you: adaptability, confidence, creativity, collaboration, collaborative, passionate, persistent, persuasive, flexible, empathy, have, be empathic, and have and be curious, among many others. And that's where we got the idea for this this uh, kind of an introductory course on leadership and professional development that will develop those people into those KM advocates, and also help people who may not have those skills that they don't perceive themselves as having them or maybe they don't feel like they have them and giving them the opportunity to look at case studies for example, or other examples that will help them be able to identify how those other skills are being developed, how they're being used in those case studies. So the identification of them will be the first step in helping them develop them themselves. Because we have this nice debate about whether or not those kinds of skills are are personality related, you know? And I'm sure you guys have probably had that conversation with others. Can you teach those? And that's the question is, can you teach them? And if you can't teach them, how can we help them at least identify them? So having that process of being able to identify through, you know, maybe role playing and case studies, that will be the first step in building that strength if they don't feel like they have that to begin with. Dr. Whitmore, for example, suggested that in his, one of their early classes in the business school is they actually administer personality tests. They use the the Neo5 the only problem with doing that for us is that I don't think that it's necessarily as applicable to our program as it is to HR. I think it's much more important in HR than it is in knowledge management. I think it's helpful, but I don't think that we need to, to pass that cost on to students for taking that that test. And I'm a big fan. I have an undergraduate degree in a psychology-related field, so I'm a, I'm a fan. But I, I think we've got other things we need to be focusing on besides just that aspect. Yeah. But I think it's really important to help develop that too. So that was how we came about with our competencies. And then from that we developed programmatic learning outcomes that are related to that about creating value, how organizations and communities apply knowledge to create value and how students can help do that. And then uh, design, build, operate, and lead that comprehensive program that turns strategies into action through integration of people, process, and technology. So, there you go.
1: I think it's interesting coming at it from different perspectives. We've got a very similar list. I just wanted to pick up on a couple of things that you highlighted. The first is the user experience piece. I think that's so critical. We've done three or four different projects in the last year where I feel like the challenges that are coming up are too many places where information is stored, too many places to look, it's hard to navigate, it's too complicated. As organizations are layering, especially cloud-based tools, one on top of another on top of another, the user experience is really falling to the, the wayside. So I think people who can figure that out and clarify that, simplify it for people, right. um, really critical. And then the other piece um the, the data analytics um, and, and leveraging that to yeah. build value that we, we all live in data driven organizations more and more now, and I feel like being able to not just collect data, but analyze data or understand data enough that when you get analysis back from a statistician or something like that, you can make sense of it and build that into stories and and have a narrative around data to communicate insights to people. Really, really important skills that, and, and both of those I think are more important than they were even a few years ago and are probably gonna become progressively more important to the KM discipline.
2: Right, we have a course on narrative and storytelling just unto itself so (laughs) and of course that includes a lot of data visualization so yeah.
0: If you could both make one wish for the future of the field what might that be? Kendra it sounded like one of your wishes might be around increasing awareness of KM so maybe you could kick us off.
2: So agreeing with you that we need to reach critical mass with the KM uh, expertise and awareness in this country I think even with all the programs that do exist, and I don't think there's a whole lot of them, it would be my wish that we would have more of them. I think we need more of them. I think we need more awareness raising, more interest, because I think you know, knowledge management is such an important component for so many organizations, if not all of them. I think it's it's an area we need to grow and we need to nurture and to help build into a regular component of management structures in every organization. So that being said, how do we do that? So I'm, I'm going to turn this one over to Lauren. Maybe she'll tell me how to do that. We need all the help we can get.
1: Well, I'm going to say two things in response to your question, and hopefully that will also pick up on on the how-to. The first is that I think KM really suffers from having a bad name. I think we're stuck with it, but I think people really struggle, and they are confused by the idea of managing knowledge. Knowledge feels like something that isn't manageable to a lot of people or shouldn't be managed and our colleague cindy hubert always says we don't manage knowledge we manage the systems and tools that allow knowledge to flow and i like to think of it that way but I, I, i think that just getting over that language barrier of the terminology is sometimes really challenging so i wish we could get over that hurdle and I think a lot of times when you sell people on the concept and the value of KM, that's a lot easier than coming in and saying, you need a knowledge management program, because people get their hackles up a little bit. But then the other part that scares me a little bit and leads into my wish is that I feel like with the evolution of machine learning, with the evolution of AI, there's a lot of technologists, a lot of vendors in particular out there who are trying to convince people that this is something that can be done primarily or exclusively through better technology. I think technology obviously plays a critical role in ensuring knowledge management success inside organizations but you need people to manage it, to understand it, to make strategic decisions about it. And you need processes um, you know, to, to make knowledge flow and it can't all be done through a perfect technology solution. And I don't think that's gonna be true anytime in the near or even midterm. So I, my wish is that people will understand that you need all of those elements. You need that holistic program that you're talking about, Kendra and that you need to invest in it. Uh, it, It's a challenge. I had a customer say to me, nobody asks, well, do we need to pay for this email thing? You know, we we constantly get pushback on whether people need to pay for knowledge management. It's something that frequently cut when budgets are cut. Uh And it's one of those things that I think really suffers um, because it's hard to measure the value of it. And that's why I'm so, I push so hard on the data and analytics piece and the, the value measurement piece, because I think as a discipline, we have to be able to come to a data-driven organization, prove out the business case, show the value in order to get that sustained investment that's really required to build that sustainable program that you're talking about.
2: I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's exactly right. We, you know, in, our, in, in information fields in general, we've seen this this process over and over and over again where technology companies will see the opportunity to create a new market for themselves without being able to actually do it very well you know so all the technologies in general just take a while to settle down and we we just aren't at that point with data mining data analytics we are not there yet we are still working on it And furthermore, unfortunately, when you have so many fields, academic fields that are studying information and therefore knowledge indirectly, you have computer science, for example, that's really focused on the underlying, the algorithms and the structures of the way that the data is organized, but they're not as concerned with the the interface, that user experience. And so what happens is you have so many vendors who create these these tools that people have to bend to the technology. The technology doesn't bend to the people. And so we need to make sure that we, we're developing these tools that actually solve the problem, not create that pro- productivity paradox that we see that happens with new technology all the time. So I think you're exactly right, Lauren, and I would, I would join in that bandwagon. But I think we need some additional... Um, and, and this is something I hope that you and I can continue a conversation about, which is we need some data ourselves to understand from an education perspective, what is the field? We need to do some surveys. We need to look at what people think it is. We need to understand better how education programs can help. Provide the answers to some of those questions and other ones, of course, that come up so that we can then link to employers, prospective employers, and show them what our capabilities are. And so there's a whole body of of research that needs to happen. There's there's a lot of research out there now, but it's usually case studies and we're not doing the big ones that you can generalize and really learn great detail. We have great richness of detail through these many of these qualitative studies and I'm not faulting us for where we are, but I think it's time for us to do some big scale uh, quantitative studies that really look at what's going on. We need some snapshots of it. I also think there's a role and I'm sure you guys have thought about this a lot. There's got to be a role for an association, a professional association to help with this kind of data. That's one reason why we need more schools is so they can support that and they can establish that kind Mm -hmm. of mentorship and professionalism that will help kind of build the credibility that's needed to recognize the field. I mean, that's how we got we're going to advance the field is to get it more collectively uh, made aware. So that's why I say I want more programs, not fewer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I think uh, everybody everybody needs KM more than ever these days, whether they know it or not and whatever they call it. And that's the thing. I mean, every organization is doing some form of knowledge management, whether they're calling it out explicitly as that and whether they have a standalone department. I mean, if you're not, then I don't know how you're in business these days. So,
0: I'm Mercy Harper. Thanks for joining us for this APQC podcast. Please go to apqc.org to learn more and have a great rest of your day.